Hi, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Ken Conkin, CEO and uh, president of Tudor Gold Corp. Uh, we're located in the heart of the uh, Golden Triangle with the flagship property, the Treaty Creek uh, Gold, Copper and Silver Systems. Uh, we have been uh, a company for about a handful of years and recently had great success with rolling out an initial resource of almost 20 million ounces, 19.41 million ounces of 0.74 gold with another 7.9 million ounces hanging out there in the inferred categories. Ken, good to have you on board. Uh, actually, been wanting to speak to you since 2019 uh, when we were sort of introduced to you. Uh, the company by some fund managers in London. Um, look, it hasn't been a, a, a pretty ride um, for the last two years or so. You may have nearly 20 million ounces, but people don't seem to like the story. What, what's going on? Well, um, you know, I think everybody has a reason to sell. I wish I knew half of them, but uh, honestly, it's been a systemic slide in the industry. And I, sometimes I feel like a kid coming to a landslide with a wheelbarrow trying to bail us out but uh, we we you know we I've seen this before 2000 with silver standard uh, 2008 we put our heads down and drilled through those things and we are poised to come out the back end of a very harsh environment I think uh, we are set up to basically come up with a new resource our technical team is dialed in exactly what we need to make I believe a robust viable large Gold, silver, copper producer in Canada. But what? But but there's got to be something to this. It's it's large, but it's low grade. Do people not like the low grade component? Are they worried about the metallurgy? Are they worried about recovery rates? I mean, what, what's going on back there? Well, I think at this point, that's that's uh, all. All those disciplines have to be addressed, absolutely. But the first and foremost thing, let's take us back to square one. How many people know who Tudor Gold is? Not very many. I mean, I, I, I still come across people who do not know who Pratium is. So something's happened in the industry where you don't have that mechanism of, uh, of dissemination of, of information to everyone. I mean, everybody's on the web, everybody's on the net, doing whatever. But the old style uh, promoters and brokers, tours, those have ended. So for me, the absolute uh, quintessential aspect is number one, find the end of the resource first. Let's just keep going. And some people may have needed money. I know a personal case of a good friend of mine that got wiped out in a hurricane. He is in dire straits. He had to sell. He was a key investor. So I can't blame people for taking money when they have to take money. Uh, it is a systemic uh, slide where, like I say, I'm bringing my wheelbarrow, we'll do our best and I'll keep drilling. But you're right. Those disciplines are going forward. The First Nations, we're well signed with those guys. Uh, great group. So we're working uh, closely with them and we'll continue to. I think uh, our uh, location access, people don't like it's a fly to job, but they don't realize we actually drive to it. We drive to the job and bring all our uh, drills on the back of uh, snowcats. I brought the same snowcats that I bought for Pratium back in the day in 2010 and nine. And uh, I've got the same equipment back, part of the same team, uh, technical team. So we're going forward with metallurgical tests there's never been tests on our superstar domains. We've got a bunch of new data coming out uh, each and every press release. Right. Okay. And, and I'm going to get onto the slightly higher grade stuff that you're starting to find now. But I, I've got to stick to this point about it's you know people have lots of different pressures to to, to sell, and there's like you kind of got a little ski run there, um, you know, going down. And all precious metal companies are going through this. But you're started, you know, 
you know, a couple a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to wonder what does a company like yours need to do to kind of gain that gain that trust or get that momentum, get that blue sky component going again? Because you have been banging out sort of these sort of sub one gram per ton mark for for some time. You are drilling the heck out of this. You've raised some money recently, and we'll talk about that in a second too. It, but you know, you're already super big. How are you going to prove to people that you can you can actually mine this economically at some point? That is the that is the you know twenty four million dollar question that we need probably going forward for next year to absolutely find the end of the when you say big how big is big that's the first question and the next one is you're right so we've sat down with our team of engineers reverse engineers what would work here because. There is a variety of grades here. There are mines within mines. In the past, we used to just want to go out and find a global number. And our, our global resource, our cutoffs were not traditional cutoffs. Uh, just the open pit cutoff was standard at a 0.3. However, everything out of pit or underground sublevel block cave, we didn't use a 0.35 cutoff. We use a 0.46. So we've taken a much more conservative hardline approach to this uh, deposit because every time you go forward, I know it's coming, you have to claw back. There's going to be the engineers saying, nope, can't do this. Nope, this is going to be cost this. You're going to be clawing stuff back. So we've been working at a feverish pitch to try to find the northwestern end of this uh, of the aspect of this deposit. To our delight, we've been seeing grades that are doubling our global uh, resource averages across the board. Not only gold but silver and gold too so we're getting what i believe to be closer to the center of the system into the pile if you will the metallogenic uh, center so all these drill holes that we're now drilling and we still have on the table currently are optically looking very good and the big takeaway is you're right this has got a great copper component to it so now we're seeing gold companies that would like to visit us and specifically state they want to look at the gold aspect of it, or copper aspect, pardon me. Right, but, but, are there, but are there two projects um, going on here? Because you, you kind of got this near 20 million ounces of the low-grade stuff. You're starting to see this higher grades, you know, almost polymetallic in a way. You, you get, there's, a, there's a lot of additional metals in there. Um, is that going to be a more interesting story for the market in a moment like this? Do you park what you've been doing to date as a result, or can you can these be seen as you know the, you know the, as one whole project? Where's no, the that's lying? that's a good way of actually. Uh, that's a great question because I think we've got something for everyone, and I know that uh, the idea of uh, the old saying that uh, great is king. Well, to a degree, it is. I mean, it comes with this whole host of problems and issues. Uh, for me, I think it's uh, continue finding the end of the system and then identify what will work. Will it be a medium grade within uh, the uh, low grade envelope? Will it be a higher uh, grade sub-level block cave? Or will it be uh, uh, possibly long holing or, or, or wide stope approach, right? We don't know until we find the end of it. But the one thing of certainty is we have never targeted high grade and yet we're seeing the uh, serendipitous or the frequency of that occurrence uh, go from about a every 10 drill holes out of uh, 49 for approximately 20% uh, uh, episode of seeing visible gold to almost 100%. We're at 80% occurrence in the northeast aspect. This is a large piece of real estate. 500 meter step out and we hit it, hit it out of the park. I thought for sure we'd come to the end of the system, but no, 
No, we're still going. And next year we'll be doing yet another step out. So I know the shareholders want to see us come out with a PEA. I know we know that. We know we have to deal with the disciplines of, of the geometry of the, of the workings underground, the geometry of the pit, the pit wall stability, which means geotech drilling. We have saved all our bullets for drilling. We need to put numbers on the board. In my mind, that's key here. If you can't put the numbers on the board, that's the first part of a deposit. It's got to be there. If it's not there, you have to demonstrate the second part, the technical team to do it, and the third is the money. So how do you approach that? I mean, it's chicken and egg for us, but we're going to go forward and just keep drilling and coming up with the best results that sooner or later we will find the end of Goldstorm. No, but that, that comes that comes to the heart of my question though. It's like you put the runs on the board, the, the scores on the board. It's 19.4 million ounces. You've done that. But it's not it doesn't seem to kind of meet the expectations or it doesn't feel like it's sort of up to scratch with what people think can be mined. So you've got a story to say to tell, which is like this can be mined. This can be mined economically moreover. And that, that may have a, a, a value on its own. The numbers you're starting to put out, and there's some, like, obviously, some, some, some good, much higher grades and there's some super high grades, uh, in their old, old bit over much narrow, um, widths and, uh, it's more like veining that you're finding, but that may be a separate story. So how do, how do you, cause I, I, I'm not buying the we need to put scores on the, on the, on the board because you got a big project there. It's, how do you what do you what do you feel that you're needing to do now that you haven't been able to do before? Okay, I'll explain. Which is going to get people simple, on board. Simple uh, thing that'll Go work in your head. Pretend you're going to a buffet. You come up to the table. You've got this beautiful barren of beef. We started off at the shank end, at the bone end. We've been putting out results on the on the bone end with the sinew and the dilution of the co-magmatic dikes. We've put out the 0.74 number. We haven't put out the plus one. A, a, gra a gram number. That's what we're after. Once you get into the barren of beef where every cut now is pure meat. It's it's richer, it's juicier, it's tastier. You're not having to deal with all that dilution of coal magma, which is what occurs in the Southwest. We just, you know, when given lemons, you make lemonade, right? Well, we did the best we could. In my opinion, I would have loved to have waited until we got the entire resource drilled off and we could have said, we're trading out those 0.3s for 0.8s. Let's just trade off these things and let's put out a more robust uh, resource off the get-go. Wouldn't that have been a wonderful thing to have done? We didn't. We put out an initial resource, which was still a phenomenal resource, just to show people, demonstrate, this thing is a world-class beast that we don't have the end of at all. But the true aspect of it, the best part is the part we're into now. No way we're going to stop for various reasons. One, we can't even pull a composite. Why? Because the metallurgy is changing greatly between the CS600. This beautiful copper stream 600 used to be just calcopyrite. Now you're seeing boronite at its depth. Boronite recovers much more rapidly, responds more rapidly on any type of a flotation system. So we haven't even pulled composites because every time we drill a hole, there's a character change in the, uh, in the uh, uh, system of the domain within the domain because these are 200 meter offsets to a 200 meter hole. So we're, we're not coming in 25 meter uh, uh, spacing on these things. We're stepping out 250 meters and gaining. Now, this is all still struggling to get drill indicated on this thing, right? So we want to get this all M&I. Once we get M&I, that will apply to your 
PEA, right? So we need to get the best of the barren of beef. So we can just cut off the shank bone and say, let's trade out those ounces of 0.3s and 0.4s and 0.5s, right? And gold equivalents, right? So we can toss that and replace them all with the uh, uh, upgrade, the new, better and improved model of 1.5s, 1.6s. Yeah, I, I, I get it. What I'm, what I'm trying to get from you is, is a picture of how this works? How does this become a mine? Because you've spent money drilling a lot of holes on something that you want to trade out, right? So are you saying to shareholders, look, we need to trade that out and we're going to try, we're probably going to write that off because we've got some good juicy meat over here. Uh, and that is where the, the money's actually going to be. The grades are, are awesome. We are starting to understand a little bit more about how the ore body's working and we've got a better sense of how we could mine this thing in our heads. You're going to need to prove that out with with your economic studies and models and so forth. But are we are we working to a point where we're going to throw out what we've been spending money on previously? No, you have to understand one thing. You go from known to unknown. How would I have known we had uh, something laying there at uh, uh, one thousand four hundred and seventy nine five point five meters of one point one two grams when we were struggling just to make three hundred meters of that? How would I have known from going from known to unknown? You must know from what you have on surface that daylights right in front of us, that's one gram, then gets diluted by co-magmatic dikes and sills, which is fine, we can deal with that, then drops into a beautiful uh, CS600 system that wasn't known to us before. In fact, we stopped holes when we said, well, we're here for gold, not copper, and uh, incorrectly and said, because we didn't have the money. We had like a million and a half bucks, that's it. That's all we had. And uh, we were here to find gold. Everybody was saying, let's get gold. 2018 was the end of a gold hit. And we said, we're here to get gold. Not so much copper. Then now it's like, are you kidding me? We're going back realigning on holes and picking up our superstar 0.8 over uh, 400 meters of copper. That is almost 50-50 in value with gold. And now that gold used to be a 0.3 is now hanging in there at 0.9, just gold alone. Add on a 0.3 copper. Uh, one of the composites, that 1.5 kilometer composite I mentioned to you, has a 0.27 component of copper. There is no copper in the top half of it. It's all in the bottom 732 meters. That thing is over half a percent. It's a half percent copper. It's a copper mine. Our, our engineers looked at this. Geez, Ken, beautiful copper mine. You know, it's it's got great grades. Let's just uh, let's just take the CS 600 and uh, and get the gold and see what comes with it. And that's that's possibly part of the goal. In between. That uh, the two gold horizons that we've got, the upper 300 horizon, the lower DS5, is this copper stream, dead center. And it's a beautiful, consistent thing. And I think of any word should describe a large mineable deposit. It has to be consistency. If you don't have consistency in grade, you are in trouble because you're back to your grade control issue. This thing is up there with consistency. We had some of the big boys come through. They look at it. They go, can this be right? Look how consistent this is. And not just that, I can predict where the core of the highest grade of the domain will be within five meters of drilling a, a kilometer hole, 10 meters. We'll see that on our, and these sections are again, not anywhere near uh, 100 meters or 150, 200 meters apart. And yet we can systematically project where these domains are, the lower grade envelope, but within it, the higher grade core. So when you see the consistency, the size to make a robust set of economics, this is still discovery. This is only year three. Uh, you need 600 drill holes, my friend. We're at 100, 162 right now. 
Can you imagine what I've done? I sat down with a group of uh, serious explorationists. I said, all of this in three years, what do you think? Are we doing okay? They couldn't believe it, could not believe it. So yes, known to, to unknown, step out. Had we done it the other way, it would have been kind of moronic because you're sitting on the outcrop of this thing exposed and seeing the plunge of this thing kind of turn out to be closer to the magmatic source of all the metal I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's a it's a phenomenal story, but it's just one of four. It's there's there's three other targets here. It's okay. So, so let's let's, let's 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 get let's get this Ken because I think people people okay. need people have had a super run of it with you, made a lot of money, and it's been downhill ever since, right? So what 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 I'm starting to build up is that you got a sense of what your you, what you think is there, and that the grades are getting better, and 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 you feel that they can get you know e even better. And you're moving to something that you want. So unknown to known. Great. Um, how do you go about putting this together? You've raised, well, I think 7.75 million bucks uh, recently on a, on a private placement. Eric Sprott taking um, part in this, which, which is interesting because he's been shying away or moving away from some of his bets he placed in 2020. So he's, he obviously likes what he sees. Um, is what do you do with that? To continue the story of getting further to the to the to, to the to the meat, as it were, of of, of the conversation, um, because now it's not time to raise a lot of capital. So I can understand why it's that sort of amount. But what's it going to allow you to do to be able to maybe push that that share price, to be able to go and raise cheaper capital going down the line? Right. I mean, obviously, nobody likes to try and do a raise at this level. We just had a board of directors meeting, and one of our directors comes up with, "Well, even if you take out twenty million, that's a dilution of ten percent." And I said, well, you can only afford that two or three times. So my goal is, yes, go forward, take only the money we needed. That was my first question when someone asked me where one million said, well, if I gave you 10 million, would you take it? I said, no, of course not. I have to see the first one and a half million hit to see the next three million hits, then the next 10 million hits. So it goes exponentially. So simply said, yes, our raises were traditionally small. We only did what we needed to to get to where we were at a, a stage of two raises per year in the flow through season, typically in the uh, Q1 and typically uh, near uh, end of Q2, beginning Q3 kind of thing, right? So this year was a disaster. We hit a hailstorm of, uh, of selling in the middle of it. So make a long story short, yes, we brought on uh, technical advisors, Joe Ofsnick, ex-president of Praetium, Ken McNaughton, ex-VP Exploration for Silver Standard Praetium, uh, Stephen Quinn, uh, phenomenal success in, uh, in the industry of, of dealing with very difficult projects. Uh, I've had discussions with other past presidents of mines in Canada that currently are the biggest producers. Detour is a good example where their actually head grades have gone from about one gram down to under one gram. I was cautioned by uh, a great, uh, great geological mine that be careful for being under a gram. Be very careful. And that mine is currently producing at a head grade of 0.89. Uh, so when we compare ourselves or stack our numbers up at the early years compared to other competitors, we're, we're mopping the court with them. We're crushing them. If you look at our numbers and what we have and you look at the, the details and, and really the, the, you know, the, the absolute beauty of the story is in the details. When you take away these, you know, one and a half kilometers of, uh, of 1.12 gold equivalent. Well, let's just look at the, the core of it. What is it running really? So this is what the big companies are looking for. So what we've done is we've gone to our engineering firm and said, okay, do we really need more 0.6? Do we target that? Or do, what do we need? What's going to be that sweet spot? And they've given us that number. 
And we've now targeted all the drilling to hit that sweet spot. We're not, we're less concerned about lower grades. Which, uh, which is? Which I is? can't tell you. That's, 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 that's in intellectual property. If I told you, I'd have to shoot you. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's in the, it's just north of a, of a, of a, of a gram here. So if we actually go in that north of a gram because you get clawed back on recoveries, et cetera. So you want to be and use this model. This is what Mr. Eric Sprott and I talked about in the early years when I first met him several years ago. Uh, he uh, and I were kind of talking about what can this be? Same question you're asking, you know, fast forward three years later. Well, I'm standing by my initial estimate that this will be uh, one gram per ton uh, put through. Hundred, Take an average mine of 100,000 tons a day on a large mine uh, for that's a million ounce producer. 10 years. Right. If you only had 10, right. if you only had 10 million ounces, you've got a million ounce producer for 10 years. Okay. But you're saying, you're saying as it stands right now, if we stop, if you get your new, new drilling, the drilling they've done today, your 20 million ounces, does that stack up? Is that, is that what makes, makes you nervous, makes the market nervous? You think that in itself does not stack up. You now know there's a new sweet spot and, and, and a new set of targets that you've got to aim for which may release some value of the previous stuff and obviously you know unlock the value of this kind of these higher grades that you're starting to see i'm, I'm trying to, i'm trying to, yeah we're into prime rib if you want to look at it that way like even get away from the barrier, right. even but we're into the real sweet meat of this thing so now we're getting to the center of the system it's like saying to you you'd be asking me well we just put five drill holes into a vein deposit we've got really great one a so-so one and another one we're going to put a mine together well, that's impossible. You know that. You can't do that. You need to get at least enough uh, consistency of drill holes for that your variogram stands up and the 100 meter uh, measured is still standing up. And so is that 200 meter uh, uh, drill indicated. And that inferred one is still nebulous. It's out there. So to say that uh, the, the first part was frivolous is not. It, it's absolutely important to us. Very important. And but but, but, goes, so, but, but give me that. Explain, the, explain that. Yeah, it's really important, important that you explain let's why at, that's Let's important. look at some of the bigger deposits in the, in the world where you see uh, uh, very, various pits. If you got three or four pits, and Silver Standard did this. They went off and bought a beautiful deposit in Nevada, and everybody thought they are kind of crazy. But the optimization was when gold prices went up, they can go after the marginal pits that had grades that were possibly not... Uh, uh, very uh, economic, and that would be economic at the time. So if you have that aspect, if you sides, if you sidestep material and had material on the side, who knows what the price of gold is going to be in say seven to ten years? You understand these are fifty-year mine plans. These are not twenty-year mine plans. These are not fifteen-year mine plans. So if you've got gold on the periphery, we don't know what that gold will will host. It's today's value we assess it at. We assess things and we put qualifiers on on price sensitivity, fuel, labor. We try and project these things forward. However, we are trying to get as good, best of the grade we can to make a world-class deposit. So going forward, if we can maintain three thresholds of a world-class deposit, nine million ounces, say double digits, my goal is to go no less than 10 million ounces of one point something grams per ton and go with that. If that includes the core of this, the, the bony section, which they will, there's some beautiful grades in 57 and 65. Wonderful grades, cannot be denied, cannot be ignored. Okay, I'm getting, I'm starting to see how, how you're you're building this in your mind. So what you're going after now, you feel, will be the the kind of the, the core of the project. It's enough to get you finance, get you up and running. At some point in the distant future, the the work that you've done today will have a value because one expects gold price will be higher and it will be a different economic environment. So it's, 
Okay, I understand what's going on in your head, and 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 and, and the reason I'm saying it's 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 worth explaining that is is you know because I'm I'm sort of intrigued at how institutional guys would would look at you. Why aren't they piling into a twenty million ounce project? Um, because they aren't able to kind of attribute the value that you think it will have. And right now, you've got to focus on how do you create value for the next two, three years as you build out your 10-year plan. Okay, understood. Get it. Yeah, so let's think of it as um, an algorithm. Think of it as an algorithm. Start with your lowest common denominator, your lowest grades, work up. But within the core, within the domains, there are domains within domains, mine within a mine. So if we tighten up, cinch it up, price of gold, say, drops, well, you, the cutoff becomes even higher and you cut off to the point it shrinks and it's not there anymore. If that happens, it's not there. That comes into feasibility. Right now, we just have to identify the gold that's out there. Then access. Access is on its way. This will be a drive-to project probably in two years. Seabridge is currently building the road. Uh, they've got it on the way. They think they're going to have it over half the distance of a 25-kilometer uh, stretch by this year. We'll see. Uh, so that road is a simple build. The bridge is in already. I mean, they've done a great job of getting the road up to uh, a very difficult uh, part where they had a blast, and they just ripped right through it. So I'm looking forward to actually getting part of a drive-to job so we can eliminate a lot of this helicopter build. We'll never eliminate a helicopter like Bruce Jack. We still use helicopters. However, uh, we'll definitely do all the heavy lifting like we have been with our, our winter road. We just won't have to come in in the winter. So we've been very frugal with the money, extremely sensitive to it's got to hit the mark on in the form of drill holes. Okay, so how much money have you raised since like 2019 then? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I haven't kept track of that number. I would uh, be willing to bet around $40 million just a, a, a number, a crude number. Okay. Something like that. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll look it up. Um, and and you, that would include the recent raise as well, would it? Yeah, sure. Because you look at okay. it, it's about two bucks an ounce. So 20 million ounces, just a spitball number. There you go. Uh, two bucks an ounce. Try that anywhere in the world. 20 bucks an ounce is pretty good. If I could say we did okay. it for two bucks, I'll be pretty proud of that. Okay, 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 okay. Understand. In the past, um, in the past, it used to be a buck. Right. You you you've done a bit of name dropping there. So um, what's your background? Because we, we've not met or spoken before. So. Oh, I'm a geologist. Yeah. Right. Where 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 have you worked? What have you done? What have I've uh, basically around? been a silver standard guy for 19 years with uh, Bob Cordemain, uh, uh, Ken McNaughton, uh, Joe Ofsnick, and did a spin out called Pratium. And the discovery, uh, we were given the uh, uh, Bill Dennis Award and the uh, Spud Hustis Award for the uh, our merits of uh, finding a discovery. And uh, this is not the only one we found. We found several uh, in the world as as mine finders. I mean, uh, Manitel Espejo was some of the best work I've ever done. Joint venture 50-50 with Ross Beatty's team at uh, Pan American. Uh, that was uh, some great uh, structural geology that came up with finding uh, extensions to uh, their Karina Union. The, the Melissa Vane, ironically, uh, a woman I met several years ago and married because I love the name so much. So I gave the name to a vein before I met the wife. Uh, there's a funny story, but a uh, true story. And uh, then after that... Uh, uh, Perquitas, uh, San Luis should be a mine. Uh, Pitaria was a great discovery. Uh, the uh, going forward now snowfields, we drilled off snowfields in 2006 to 2010. And that uh, has now been purchased and name changed to, uh, I believe they're calling it Mitchell East uh, from Seabridge. But that was with Natalie Sanger, who was, uh, then became a resource developed uh, geoscientist with Pratium who we've uh, pulled back from, used to work for the permitting department at Ministry of Energy and Mines as part of our team. So we're putting the band back together. We're bringing Joe Ofsnick back as the, uh, 
as our uh, superstar uh, past president of uh, Praetium Superstar Explorationist, Ken McNaughton, uh, as well. Uh, they're on the board of our, uh, uh, or the advisors to the board, and we work closely with them along with Stephen Quinn. And uh, with all the uh, support we get from uh, our consulting companies here in Vancouver, I think as the project grows, the team will grow. And we're very careful who we bring in because it's so difficult to find good people to be on the same page as us. And one of my models that, you, that, that I have younger kids working with me is when you work with, with, with us and our company, it's not a question of if it's a deposit, it's a question of how big. So I believe there's a deposit here. It's just a question of how big. And that's where you get to is optimization. And making a mine is a complete different skill set than discovering one. So that's our wheelhouse. We do the discovery. We'll take as far as we could. And I was one of the few people that said that Praetium will have to build it because people simply didn't understand it. And it took seven years of production. And finally, uh, or less than seven, what was it? Uh, about five years of production. And finally, someone buys it, right? So... Uh, yeah, things uh, don't exactly happen overnight with mergers and acquisitions, not as quick as you'd like to. However, we're in that position where going forward, we have enough of the low-hanging fruit, the beautiful targets that we can simply double the value of the project if we're successful in the theory we have of the distribution of deposits in a rhythmic succession that we see in uh, many of the gold camps of the world, absolutely. And this was predicted. I predicted Goldstorm to be there. I predicted calm before the storm before we even saw it. Calm before the storm was under snow. We couldn't see it until we saw it. It was all because of its rhythmic progression of deposits. You start counting two and a half kilometers, start back at the at the Kerr deposit, go two and a half kilometers, you'll get the uh, self-rest, go two and a half kilometers, you get the uh, uh, Mitchell, then you go two and a half kilometers, you get the uh, uh, iron cap, but back up to Mitchell, there's a decapitation there, snowfields, that same decapitation kind of works with us. Go forward two and a half kilometers, there should be something there. That's called our perfect storm, and we hit, six holes hit on that target. Then jump forward, you get Copper Bell. Everybody thought it was Copper Bell. Not really. It was. Goldstorm was the, was, was the elephant in the room. Everybody was working feverishly on the little sideshow that was the structural component or the shear hosted component that was related to the Goldstorm. However, across the valley, just like juxtaposed to Snowfields to Mitchell, was Eureka. We believe Eureka is the, the deeper portion of DS5 apexing on the southwest bank as Eureka. So we're going to pogo that back and see if it actually connects. So you're looking at a huge canvas of connecting numbers that nobody saw a connection to and no one saw the frequency. You can give this to a grade two person and say, where would you expect to find the next deposit? And they'll circle it for you. They'll, they'll circle it because they've got the ability to look at something with a preconceived notion of geology or alteration where you think, well, it can't be there because of this, this, this. Well, stop thinking like that. Go back macroscopically. It's exactly how Peter Rhee was discovered. We looked at deposit, 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 no deposit, deposit. Let's go back and just, just stake it. Turned out to be 800 million ounces of silver. Well, like, I like, appreciate that. Like, we... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look forward to work out what I'm looking forward to, which is minimal resource update uh, and maybe PEA along the way. You just raised some money. Have you got enough to actually get those two things across the line? Are you considering delaying a, a PEA till, you know, 2023 or, or beyond, given what you're starting to see now? That's a great question. Uh, that's probably the most important question that we have in front of the board this minute. Uh, 
The answer is, uh, it's funny because uh, in the past, Mr. Sprott told me that don't let the money be an impediment to the advancement of this project. And uh, back then, uh, he, he meant directly to the drilling. Now, he may actually mean that to go to the PEA. I'm not sure. I haven't actually spoken to him about that. But yes, first things first, get the resource out there. If we see enough in the resource, just like Bruce Jack Lake, Valley of the Kings, I'm the person who gave it the name, so I know very well how far off that thing was drilled off. And no, the answer is no, we never drilled off that resource. Never one. I was there for seven years. Incredible. We never finished the resource because it got so deep that we just had to do it from underground. You couldn't get the spacings of holes that tight to be that from the, from the surface. You couldn't do it technically. So likewise, we may get to such a large uh, uh, volume and grade that we could pull that trigger on a PEA that runs into a feasibility sooner than later. It could happen. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying that let's see what the engineers give to us to what we need to find. So it's like reverse engineering. It's saying, okay, guys, this is great. This is great. But you need more ounces in this range. Or this is great. This is great. We need to find this. And if that's what they hand us, then we go with it. We go with it. However, there are several disciplines besides the permitting aspect that we go forward uh, with uh, metallurgy. What's the best approach we take? What about the... Uh, fact of uh, facilities, where do we select that? And that's getting to feasibility now. Uh, all of this gets to feasibilities. Right. Okay. And one last question before you go, Ken, um, which is around um, metallurgy. Lots of questions around metallurgy. Um, given the freshness, the newness of the the improved grades and the, and the, and the new drilling and, and what you're going to be allocating new capital to towards drilling, do, do you feel that you need to start looking at the metallurgy uh, sooner to be able to kind of fend off or um, any of those kind of slight doubts in the market about the metallurgy of what has gone before? Absolutely. There are two things that will sink a project. One is metallurgy. The other is uh, tailing site, uh, uh, where you're going to select your tailings uh, facility. These are two enormous uh, dollar items on your on your list for your plants. So I don't think you can start soon enough because, in the, in, well, in some cases, yeah, you can start too soon when you didn't find the true character of the mineralization and what i mean by that is that that ds or that cs 600 that copper stream 600 at depth is changing from a calcopyrite dominant to calcopyrite sharing with boronite all of a sudden had we could can you imagine designing an entire plant building everything and getting into something that wasn't exactly what you had to come out with it happens it happens so let's just uh, say one thing. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going up the site and part of it is selection of composites. With It's ongoing and the big thing is trying to find uh, uh, people available that can run all the composites for you because in the past, just laboratories were stacked up. Now we're seeing that uh, getting through the metallurgy aspect, you need a year. You got to reserve a year just to get a good run in for what will be a comfortable fit for what we call a representative sample. There you go. What's a representative? The nice thing is we have extreme consistency. So that's one thing we don't have to worry about radical changes, zonation from zinc to silver to, you know, other elements. We don't worry about that. We have one solid, consistent core of mineralization that, that the ratios seem to be apparent. The free gold ratio seems to be coming up. All indicators are looking super positive for us. Uh, it's just a matter of execution now. We know what the target is. It's not like we have to bring in people. So where do you think we should look? 
We know exactly where to look. We put the pads there. We put the pads there at the end of this year. So next year, we brush off the deck. We land the, we land the drills on the pre-built decks. So everything is set to go. We, we are well prepared. This is not the first time we've done this up on the Triangle. Extremely well-prepared team. Okay, Kent, I appreciate uh, your time today. Lovely to meet you and hear the story at last. Um, I wish I caught it sooner. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? Okay, thanks for having us. Keep Stay in touch. Cheers.